Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many blessed people we have in the house this morning? And those watching online, just look over and look at somebody and say, I'm blessed. Amen. They may not know what you're saying because of your mask, but let them know I'm blessed. I'm blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out, blessed in the city, and I'm blessed in the field. Even in the midst of a pandemic, I'm still what? Blessed. Come on and put those hands together. Give God praise. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day it is to be in the house of the Lord again. Many did not make it, but thank God that you and I made it over to see a brand new day. Amen. Look at somebody that you didn't ride the church with. Just give them a high five in the air. Amen. Uh, a, a, a virtual hug, whatever it is. Amen. 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 It is just good to be in the house of the Lord. For, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord again. I almost said forever. Amen. What a blessing it is. What a blessing it is. Help me, those that's in person. Help me praise God for those that are watching online right now. The Hopewell experience, Hopewell anywhere. Amen. Hope at home. We're so glad that you have tuned in. Amen. We've, the atmosphere has already been set through the singing of the word, through yeah. the singing, amen, of the word of God. It still is the word of God. Amen. So go ahead. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. Tag others in it so they can be blessed. Amen. By the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Once again, it's just a blessing to be alive and to be in the house today. Amen. I thank God we got a special guest that's in the house this morning all the way from Chicago. Those that watch online when, you, when service gets ready to start her introduction is Chicago's in the house and amen. Chicago is in the sanctuary. Evangelist Maxwell amen. Help me praise God for her. Amen. That is my friend. That is Stacia's mom amen and my friend. She is very supportive of us amen. We thank God for she's always praying for us. She sent me a text every week letting me know that she's praying for me and the family and I thank God for that because folks ain't got to do nothing for you. Amen. They ain't got to pray for you. But I thank God for you, man. We're so glad that you are in the building. Help me praise God for her again. Amen. Amen. And in the midst of that, amen, we've had another one of God's soldiers that went home this past week. Um, Sister Brenda Brown went home to be with the Lord um, this week, and we definitely want to keep her and her family um, lifted in prayer. She has not been with us for a while now just because of sickness and being in and out of different facilities, amen, but her love was always still here. It made no difference where she went. Um, she made sure she called and let me know where she was at and what was going on and how she was ready to break out if need be, if folks didn't do right. Anybody that knew Miss Brenda knew that she was sassy with that cane. Oh, yes, she was. I'll never forget it was a few years ago I had preached out at a conference down in Armstead, Illinois, right near Cairo. It was summertime. It was, it was like a, a thousand degrees outside. And for some reason, there was something that was going on. There was a big funeral going on down there. And, and there was a lockbox on the um, air conditioning unit. So they, even though they got this conference going on, whoever had the key forgot to unlock it so they could turn the air on. So it was steaming up. I mean, we're in the country down there in southern Illinois. It was steaming. And so... Uh, Miss Brenda texted me that. She said, Rev, is anybody going with you down to Armstead? I said, no, ma'am. She said, well, hey, I'll meet you at the church. I'll ride down there with you. I said, well, Miss Brenda, you really ain't got to do that. She said, did I ask you if I could come? I'm telling you that I'm going. That's just, she wasn't being disrespectful. That was just Miss Brenda. And so she came. I said, okay, Miss Brenda, let's go ahead and meet me at the church this certain time or whatever. She said, yeah, I got to go with you just in case something break out. I got my cane. I can take care of them while you preach. I said, Miss Brenda, we can't be in the church preaching and fighting at the same time. But I thank God I had. And so from that day forward, I called 
called her lethal weapon because she was ready to use her cane um, as a weapon. Uh, we're going to celebrate her life this coming Saturday with a memorial service at 2 p.m. Um, though we're still in the pandemic, um, so the service would just be for family and friends only. We have to keep the number at 50, uh, but we will stream it online on our Facebook page and on our website um, so that we can be able to come together, even virtually, um, to be able to celebrate and honor her life. It's not going to be like this always. It's not. Uh, but right now, we're doing what's best that we have to do to keep everybody safe. Amen? Amen. So continue to keep the family um, in your prayers as they transition and definitely keep um, our own Minister Lynn Young in prayer. I tell you, Minister Lynn has done just what um, pastoral care is. I mean, she kept up with, with Miss Brenda. She was there um, visiting all of those good things. She was there right there a few days with her right before she died. And so we want to keep her lifted in prayer as yeah. well um, as she won't have to make those trips to see her. She won't have to make those phone calls, different things like that that you get used to doing and realizing now that you don't have to do it anymore. So we definitely want to keep her lifted in prayer. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles with me as we start a new series today that I'm excited about. A new series entitled U-Turn. Amen. U-Turn. So get your Bibles. Go with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Those in the building, if you can stand. Amen. As we stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word. Exodus chapter 14. Verses 10 through 13. Thank God for our music ministry, amen, that led us, our musicians, amen, our media team, our deacons, amen, Elder James, all of you in your respective places, Elder Corey, amen. We just thank God for everybody, amen. Mother Albrin's in the house this morning. Look, my church mother is here looking all cute and stuff, too. I be having to check and ask because she's somebody looking at her because she just be all cute and, and stuff lately. I said, Mother, do I need to have a conversation with? Amen. Amen. I love him. Um, Exodus chapter 14, starting at verse 10 through 13. And it says this, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Were there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why? What have you done to us? This sounds like church, folks. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than be a corpse in the wilderness. Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I want you to turn over and look at somebody and just tell them, say, stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. That was the wrong person. Find somebody else. Amen. They're going to be offended. Tell them, stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. Please stop. You got your blood pressure and your sugar going up. Stop freaking Oh, God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we lift you up. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. And we give no one else the glory, the honor, but you, God, because you're so deserving of it. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Stop freaking out. 
if you're like me, every now and then, you, no matter how much you may prepare yourself for the next day, you have your clothes out, you got your lunch pack, you, your lunch pack, you got everything out the trees, you got your toothbrush out, your towel, everything ready for the next day. I don't know, maybe it's just me. It seems like even though I do that and double check everything before I settle in for the night, Sister Greta, I wake up in the morning ready to go and start my day and do what I need to do, Jarrell, and then I get in the car first, lady, and I get the go on evangelist Maxwell and then I think to myself OMG I done forgot my lunch now it's not just forgetting your lunch you forget your mask oh my gosh I done forgot my mask you don't have an extra in the car you don't have an extra in your pocket and then I find myself on Sandra having to turn all the way around it's not too bad when you haven't made it that far from the house but it's when you have made it about four or five minutes away from the house and you're almost at your destination Stacia and you realize OMG. In fact, let's be honest and real. You didn't even say OMG. You spoke in a known tongue, amen, that you were able to interpret yourself as you made the U-turn all the way back to the house. And the thing that makes it even worse, Jerry, is that you can't get mad at nobody but yourself. You the one that put your stuff up. You was the one that forgot it. Nobody interrupted you as you were getting ready to leave the house that made you forget it. You forgot it on your own. So you you can't snap on nobody but yourself because you were the one that did it. I go, I get my stuff, got a whole attitude. Now I got to turn the alarm back off so I don't wake everybody up in the house to go in there. Then when I go in there, then because Brittany hears somebody came through the door, she panics and thinks somebody's trying to break in. I have to alert her that it's just me. It's just me. All is well. And then you get back out and then you're on your way to the to your destination and all of a sudden a train comes, a freight train. I mean, and it's almost seems as if they just keep producing trains on and on and on. It's a never ending in line and you're like oh my gosh now I'm going to be late and now it has made it even worse because get this one U-turn has delayed my future destination one time making a 180 degree turn has now delayed my final destination we're in good company this morning the children of Israel who was known to be God's people, God's special group of folks have now been enslaved by Pharaoh and the Egyptians, Brother mm -hmm. Clark. From the very point of their enslavement, I love this. God is so intentional. God is so sovereign that he even speaks about this in Exodus chapter 6. He lets them know. He lets Moses know. He lets everybody know. I have heard the moans and the groans. I have heard the cries of my people. I, 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 I've heard. I've seen what they are going through. I, I find out how the Egyptians are working them to death and having them do manual labor on top of manual will labor and God says their cries have come to my ears I have now gained attention to what they're going through so now I'm going to make a plan on how I'm going to deliver my people 
He makes that plan, and with God making that plan, he says, hey, I know I can be able to do this on my own because I'm God. I can be able to snap my fingers, and they can be free right now. There's certain things that I can be able to do because I'm all-powerful. I'm God. I'm sovereign. I can do what I want to do. I'm God enough that I don't have to check in with anybody to do anything so I can solve this problem on my own. But I want to involve a man by the name of Moses. Mm -hmm. Moses, who when God gets his attention at the burning bush, Dr. Lane, he, he kind of goes back and forth about God. Okay, brother. He said, okay, God, wait a minute. You got the wrong person. This is the wrong email. This is the wrong person. You didn't mean to, you did not mean to email me and make this my assignment. I cannot talk. I have a stuttering issue. I'm not the one that you want to be able to use. I don't have all of the leadership capabilities to be able to free these people. I just had one encounter with you with a burning bush, and now you want to use my life? to be able to free some folks. God, no, 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 no. I don't think I'm the one that you want to use. And so God keeps dealing with Moses and letting them know I didn't call you because you had it all together. I called you because I knew that you don't have it all together and I can be able to use you. And by me using you, you won't, uh, you won't get the big head and allow your capabilities to get in the way of my power. You will realize that it's me working through you and I will get all the glory and I will get all the praise out of using you to be able to free my people. He keeps having a conversation with God and say, I don't know how to talk. He says, don't you got a brother named Aaron? I will use your brother to be able to talk on your behalf so that you can be able to do what I have called for you to do. He finally accepts the call, first lady, and he goes and have a conversation with Pharaoh and lets him know, God told me to tell you that you are going to let my people go. Pharaoh looking at him like, you got to be tripping, brother. First of all, you don't walk up in my house and tell me what I'm going to do. I pay the light bill here. The Amazon account is in my name. The light bill is in my name. The mortgage is in my name. You don't walk in my house and tell me what I have to do. He goes in there and let him know you are going to free God's people. God interrupts sends the plagues because he knew from the very beginning, he knew from the very beginning I know Pharaoh's heart is hardened and I'm going to cause for his heart to be hardened even more because I want to be glorified. I want to be magnified. I want Egypt and all of Israel to be able to know that I am the God that is all powerful. I am El Shaddai. I am Jehovah Jireh. He's, I am Jehovah Sikhanu. I want them to be able to know that there is no other God besides me. So, they get ready. They get ready. They get ready to go ahead to make their exit. But you got to be careful, Bible readers. And this is why this is where Sunday school comes in to help lay that foundation about the Bible so that you can be able to rightly apply to our lives. We talk about that scripture about rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes, we have to rightly divide the word of truth, but we also have to rightly apply the word of truth in our lives because if you have bad interpretation, you will have bad application, which can lead to a bad life. Amen. I want to be able to have good interpretation with good application so that I can be able to have a good life. So we get here in Exodus chapter 13 verse 17 it's so, it's so critical right here to the whole point of where we're going in this series and with the story. When Pharaoh 
finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road um, through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if my people are faced with the battle, they will change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a, in a roundabout way, in a roundabout way, um, through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. God realized and knew if I don't provide another way for Israel to go, the first time they come in contact with any type of difficulty, they're going to make a U-turn. Mm -hmm. They're going to go back. They're going to make a whole 180 degree turn. And if they make that whole 80, and uh, if they make that whole 180 degree, degree turn, they are going to delay mm -hmm. their future destination. Well. He says, I know. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to take them on a different route on the longer route so that as they're going on the longer route they can be able to see my power displayed here's one thing out the gate that we need to know I gotta hurry up so we can get out of here on time like we've been doing in the virtual century don't you tell me to take my time don't you say it that's why I said that so that you can say don't play with me this morning don't do it don't do it I, I done missed that a whole year with Dr. Lane she's been saying it online but it ain't the same as saying it in person don't say it again Dr. Lane because I add 15 more minutes to this message don't you do it woman of God here's the first thing that we have to realize right from the text here it is we revert to the past when the future gets uncomfortable we will look to the past when the future looks a tad bit uncomfortable when something evangelist Maxwell is not lined up the way that we thought that it was going to line up the first point the first moment Deacon Baker that we see any signs of discomfort we're going to start looking back pastor how do you know that be with somebody for a long time in a relationship and the first time they make you mad you start thinking about your ex oh man they would have had my stuff ready when I came home. How they going to forget my last ex and forget about Sweetest Day or Valentine's Day? They got me something for Just Because Day and I ain't getting nothing for Just Because Day. As soon as the future looks a tad bit uncomfortable, as soon as we sense some, some sign of struggle, some time of pain, some type of discomfort, we're going to revert back to the past right. oh my gosh we've been in this global pandemic for over a year now and it is so easy for you and I to start reminiscing about the way that it used to be now remind you we're reminiscing about the way that it used to be because sometimes we never took full advantage of what it was the what it was like used to be oh my gosh I can't wait till we get back to hugging the church but you didn't hug before the pandemic oh I can't wait to get back in the temple so I can lift my hands you ain't lift your hands in over a year in the virtual sanctuary we're reminiscing and missing things that we did not take advantage of in the first place first time of discomfort any sign of pain any sign of struggle any sign uh, 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 of anything that's going to get in our way and make us uncomfortable we will start reverting back to 
the past. It's right there in the text. It's right there in the text. I just read it for you earlier. They cried out to Moses. They said, Pastor Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you? We told you in a board meeting right before you came that while we were still, that we would rather stay slaves right where we are in Egypt. We told you the deacons even co-signed on it and said, hey, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. First sign of a struggle. It's an up time to go. First sign of pain. Up. We got to go back. Why? They were willing to go back to what was comfortable than to move forward with God and to see what God had in store for them. Even though he had already told them, I have a land flowing with milk and honey just for you. I know that there are giants over there, but I've already given you the land. Here it is. I'm kind of moving ahead of myself. But sometimes we get it twisted and we think if I am in the will of God, everything is going to be good. But if I'm in the will of God, there will be no hangups, there will be no struggles, that everything is going to be smooth. Sometimes in the will of God, God will allow some struggles to be able to come to shake some stuff up so that we can be able to see God's glory be performed on the inside of us. Sometimes in the midst of the will of God, God will allow some struggles to interrupt our lives so that his grace can be sufficient, so that his strength can be made perfect in the midst of our weakness. So don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Oh, that it can be God's will and still have some hell along with it. It can be God's will and still have some pain along with it. It can be the will of God and still have some struggle along with it. So that as you're on your journey, you can say what Walter Hawkins would say. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Oh, through it all, I've learned how to depend upon his word. We, re we revert back to the past when the future gets uncomfortable. For this is what blows my mind. These jokers have been set free physically, but they were still bound in their minds, Elder James. So here's a lesson. That I've come to see not just with the with the children of, of Israel, Brother Bradley, but with all the saints and the ain'ts. Mm -hmm. Physical deliverance doesn't always equate to mental deliverance. Well, talk about that, Pastor. You can be freed physically yeah. and your mind still be bound, be bound. to Woo! Egypt. Yeah. Preach. You in a new relationship, but you still got your past relationship on your mind. You still got the number saved in your phone as chocolate drop. Okay. Pastor, what you talking about, man? You telling the You got a plan. Just in case this current joker don't work out. You talking? I'm going back to my chocolate drop. Physically free. Uh-huh. But still bound. How, Israel, can you experience?
experience the strong hand of God moving on your behalf and to get out there and look at Moses and go off on him and say, hey, we told you, sir, don't bring us out here. <laughs> we told you this was going to happen. As soon as they saw the Egyptian army coming behind them, Sister Tanya, they got nervous, they got scared, and they started to complain, complain. and to mumble. Uh-huh. That's us. He said, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, did you, you didn't bring us, we, we, you bought us weak, listen, right. I insure, listen, our families had cemeteries plots already paid for in Egypt, and you're going to bring us out here to the wilderness where our insurance ain't going to cover nothing? <laughs> Talk. And you're going to bring us out here to die? Uh -huh. Brother Reverend, we told you that this was going to happen. And to leave us alone because we would have rather been slaves to the Egyptians. It is a sad state for a believer to experience God's mighty deliverance, but to still be bound in your mind. Oh, it's a sad state for the believers of Jesus Christ. Blood-bought saints that he has freed you and delivered you and given you a whole brand new life, but to still be bound in your mind when you're still lusting for what was. And forfeiting what is and what's before you. I like it. Moses gets right to it. He gets right to it. He gets right to it. He tells the people, look at verse 13. He tells the people, don't be afraid. I like, I like in some verses because that word afraid in some verses means it, 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 it means not to run away. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians who you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Mm -hmm. Look at somebody again and say, stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. That was a wrong person. If I pointed at somebody and said, stop freaking out. <laughs> Those watching online, put in the comment section. Stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. Stop, stop freaking out. Before you freak out, here's something that you got to do that the Bible advises us and Moses shares, but not only with Israel, but something that you and I can be able to apply to our lives as well. Before you freak out, check your fear. Check your fear. Check your fear. Check your fear. He told them, he told them not to be afraid, but I, I, my, my mind still says, how? How can you get to this point? of having walked into a full deliverance and to get there and you seeing for yourself what the power of God has the power and the potential to do that you get here to this point you get here to this point and you allow a few jokers on some horses well, it wasn't just a few. It was about 600 of them, I think. I might, that might, I mean, that kind of changes your outlook. 600 jokers coming on me on chariots and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. You might be a little afraid. <laughs> but you just experience God's mighty deliverance. And you get here and you are afraid. Moses comes on the scene. He says, don't be afraid. I got to ask a question this morning. Are we afraid of the future or are we afraid of what the future requires of us? Are we afraid because of what's ahead of us, Brother Brian? Or are we afraid because of what the future is going to require of us? 
Come on, Israel, you've been slaves for a long time. You've been slaves for a long time. You've been slaves. You've been operating in a certain manner that you've been doing for quite some time now. And in order for you to be able to walk into the land that's flowing with milk and honey, your mind is going to have to, your mind is going to have to be liberated to the point that you don't live as a slave, but you leave as you but you live as a free person. Uh-huh. And here it is. Sometimes, if not always. It is easy and convenient to continue to live the way that you have been accustomed to versus adapting to a whole new way of life and a whole new way of living. Let me say it again because nobody say nothing. It is convenient and easy sometimes, and easy sometimes, Asandra, to be able to continue to live the way that we've been living. Then to adjust and to adapt to a new way of thinking and a new way of living. It's easy. Because sometimes, thank you, Holy Ghost, we would rather settle for a physical deliverance and not a, and not the total package, including a, to, a, a mind deliverance. Right, right. We would rather settle to be physically free and die and have just like that, so that we can walk as a free person and talk like a free person, right. but still think like we are a slave. I don't know about yeah. you, but what he did on the cross over 2,000 years ago is not just sufficient enough for me to have a physical deliverance, but I want the whole package. I want all of it. I want my mind to be free. I want to think differently. I want to talk differently. I want to act differently. Yes, sir. Are we afraid of the future? Are we afraid of what the future is going to require of us? Here it is. I made mention of it early. Here it is. We are still in a global pandemic. And I was sharing with a few pastors a while ago that, listen, at that time, at that time, for 35 years of my life, the way I had known church has changed and changed forever and not going back to how it used to be. What my pastor over 20 years ago, the late, my childhood pastor, late Presley White Jr. taught me, uh, taught me 20 some years ago about church and ministry has changed now. Mm-hmm. He didn't foresee a pandemic to come 20 some years later. We can try to fight to reclaim the past. Or we can embrace and adapt mm-hmm. to where we are so that we can be able to move forward to what God has for us. But you got to check your fear. Look at somebody else say, check your fear. You got to check your fear. You got to check your fear. You, gotta check your fear. You, gotta, you have to check your fear and see what it is because, hey, uh, the last thing that you want is for fear to stop you. The last thing that you want is for fear to handicap you. The last thing that you want is that you stay the way that you are before the pandemic and during the pandemic and after the pandemic and you're still the same person because you have not, you have allowed fear to trap you and to hold you in bondage. Oh, you can say, I'm going on with God. I don't know what the future may hold, but thank God my life is in the hands of a sovereign God that already knew the end from the beginning. Thank God that my life is in the hands of a sovereign God that created the heavens and the earth. Thank God that my hands, that my life is in the hands of a sovereign God that knows tomorrow before it even gets here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
He tells him, before you freak out, I'm wrapping up, I'm almost at the gate. He says, before you freak out, he says, check your fear. Check your fear, children of Israel. But listen, look at what he also says. He says, before you freak out, stop. Look at what he says. Just stand still. He says, just stop. He said, just stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. He said, I get it. You're fearful. I get it. You're nervous. I get it. This is something that you've never seen before. But he says, just stand still. Just stand still. Just stop right there. Just settle in for a moment because something big is getting ready to happen. I just need you to stop and to stand still. Well. Because God has a plan. And he's getting ready to do something that's literally going to blow our minds. I love it. He tells them, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Why does Moses tell a group of folks who've just been freed to not be afraid and to stand still mm-hmm. that when they look back, all they see is hundreds of men on horses coming their way to take them captive again. Sometimes our human responsibility in the midst when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place it's just to stand still. And let me add this on there. To stand still and to shut up. <laughs> Sometimes our human responsibility, Brother Jimmy, when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, is to stand still and be quiet. Pastor, why do they need to stand still? Because they need to stand still. They need to, get, they need to stand still because they don't want to get in God's way right. of what God is about to do on their behalf. That's why Moses goes on to tell them, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. They had two options here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're faced with two dilemmas. Moses says to stand still, but fear would tell them to run. Right. Fear would say run. Fear would say get out of here. Fear would say retreat. Retreat and go where? Make a 180 and go back to what you're familiar with and comfortable with and what you know so well. And what is that? Living as a slave. Right. Hmm. Or impatience will come in and say, act right now. So let's stop. Do we stand still when we see a hundred of men on horses coming at us? Do we move too early and make a move and act now? That's why you and I, we need discernment. That's why we need spiritual discernment so that we can be able to assess the situation from the perspective of God and know exactly what we need to do and when we need to do. That's what made the sons of Issachar so effective and powerful because they knew the signs of the time. They knew when kings were rising up and when they were going down. They knew what God was doing and because they knew what God was doing, they knew how to make, they knew how to adapt. They knew how to change. They knew how to stay in line with what God was doing because they had discernment to be able to know 
You got to know, you got to know, know, you got to know that when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, okay, God, all right, all right, in me, I want to make that 180. In me, I want to make that U, that U turn and go all the way back. But God could be saying, no, 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 no. Fear is telling you to run, but just stand still. Impatience wants to tell you to act right now. And he said, nope, just stay right there and watch me work. Look at what he says. It's right there in verse 13. And watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. He says this to a people who are out here on a long journey, probably tired, hurting, uh, tired, hungry, feet hurting, been on their feet all this time with hundreds of men coming on horses, coming towards them. They have no weapons. They have no knives. They have no pocket knife. They got no razor blade. They have nothing to fight. But Moses tells them, get this, you all, this battle you ain't got to fight. Yeah. <laughs> he says, this battle you ain't got to do nothing. All you have to do is stand still and you will see the performance of El Shaddai come upon you and do for you what you cannot have done yourself. Okay, 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 okay. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. So later on, later on in the verse, later on, uh, pick up around verse 15. Uh, 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 verse 15. After the people come to Moses whining and complaining and grumbling, then, 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 then God, then, then Moses goes to God and God deals with Moses. I love this. Look at verse, verse, verse 15. He says, why are you crying out to me? Why are you talking to me? <laughs> Why are you involving me in this? I've already equipped you. I've already empowered you. I've already anointed you to take these people to their final destination. Going back is not an option. Going back, going back to Egypt and being slaves is not what I've called for them to be. Their future is right ahead of them. It is not meant for them to make a U-turn and go back. He says, so why are you talking to me? Tell the people to keep it moving. Not only does he tell the people to keep it moving, but he tells him, almost kind of checking Moses, what you got in your hand, sir? What you got in your hand? He said, I want you to pick up your staff. I want you to pick up your staff because everything that you need for the journey ahead, you already have it with you yeah, right now. Yeah. God, who am I preaching to this morning? Everything that you need for the journey ahead, you already have it right now. You didn't realize that you had it because it wasn't time for it to be used. But everything that you need for the journey ahead, you have already been endowed. You've already been empowered. You've already been equipped. I feel like I'm prophesying. Let me say it again. Everything that you need for the journey ahead, you already have it within you. He tells Moses, he says, Moses, pick up your staff. And when you pick up your staff, I want you to wave it over the sea. He says, when you wave it over the sea, it's going to divide the waters and the water is going to part. And when the waters part, I'm going to make way for you and for Israel to be able to cross over on the other side. And the Bible says that as they began to walk, the water rose up on both sides and they began to march and go over and go over. And the Bible says that he allowed for the pillow cloud by day and the fire by night to be with them so they can have what they needed to make it to the next side and they get there. Who yeah. sincere when I think about the story evangelist? They're walking. Moses takes his staff. He raises his staff. And the water splits. And 
the water rises up on both sides. And Israel and Moses begin to walk. And as they walk, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Keisha, the Bible says that everybody made it over. And just when Pharaoh's army came, he released the water and the enemy was drowned up. Can you think about it for a moment? When they look back, Moses already told them that the Egyptians you see today, the trouble you see today, the trouble you see right now, if you move when God moves, if you get in line with God and do what God says, you will see them no more. Who am I talking to this morning? The trouble you see today, if you put your head in God, if you keep walking with God, the trouble you see today will be a memory of the past. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Put it out there. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you. He put it out there. Hallelujah. <laughs> he put it out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. They walked. Yeah. The wind blew all night. Yeah. They walked in the middle of the sea. The ground was dry and the water rose up on both sides. As they walked through the parted Red Sea, not even a mist of water touched them. But as soon as they got over, water was released and the enemy was drowned up. Up, 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 up. I don't know who I'm talking to. Whatever you are afraid of that's keeping you from moving forward if you put your trust and confidence in God God will drown your fear whatever is whatever is keeping you bound in your mind and keeping your feet bound from moving forward if you trust and have confidence in God God will drown your nightmare he told him the Egyptians you see today you'll see no more but it was predicated on them moving forward trusting Moses and trusting God to see what he had in store for him Thank you, Lord. What Red Sea experience have we allowed fear to talk us out of? What Red Sea experience are we forfeiting because we keep lusting on the past? What Red Sea experience are we negating because we don't know how to stand still and be quiet? I don't know what lies ahead of us for the week, but we're going to say it now. I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> I'm not going to freak out. 
I'm not. It can be from the smallest thing to the biggest. I, this week, I'm not, I'm not allowing that stuff to take over my life. I, it, it, listen, if the car has a malfunction or an issue, I'm not going to freak out. If the kids want to cut up in the morning while trying to get ready for school, I ain't going to freak out. I may lay hands, but I ain't going to freak out. I don't know what may lay ahead of, lie ahead of us for the week, but we're not going to panic and freak out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move with God. Whew, and I can only imagine when he went over, evangelists, and they, and they walked through the water and just seeing the water coming down and none of it touched them. Hmm. And then they get over and look back. The very thing that was threatening them, the very thing that was bullying them, the very thing that held them captive for years, yeah. drowning in the water. What Red Sea experience are we forfeiting? Because we won't stand still and let God fight. There are some things, there are some situations that you've been trying to handle on your own, through your own power. God says to you today, to us today, just stand still. Let me let let me get involved. I can handle this better than you than you can. Let me. I here's what I realize in life: can't nobody check nobody like God can. Nobody. That's right. That's right. Jerry, can't nobody. Nobody. I ain't got to fight. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna argue. Father God, help, help, intervene now, Lord. Rescue them from me. There are some battles you ain't got to fight. But if we're going to let him fight them, Jennifer, we got to stand still and be quiet. The greatest prayer that we can pray is, Lord, help me get out of my own way. Help, help me, help me get out of my own way. Help me get in my own way. Help, help me get out of my own way, God. Help me get out of my own way. Why? Because when we get in the way too much, we depend more on ourselves than we do God. Whatever happens this week, just lift your hands and say, I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I'm not. I, I am. I'm not. Holy Spirit, help remind me as the day starts when I'm about to remind me I ain't freaking out about this. Because as soon as I freak out, Jarrell, I'm making a 180 going back. And I'm not just going to settle for a physical deliverance and still be mentally bound. I want all of it. I want the total package. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for these, your people, God. I come against anxiety. I come against worry. God, I even pray that you will help us how to be able to handle disappointment. That we won't freak out because of disappointment. We won't freak out when things don't go the way that we've desired for it to go. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus. 
that just like Moses, we kind of go back and forth with you when we think about the assignment of what you're calling for us to do, God. You didn't call us because we were perfect. You called us because you were moldable and shapeable to be used by you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So I pray right now, God, that you will infuse our self-esteem. God, infuse our self-esteem, God, that we just won't have confidence, but that we will have confidence, Lord. Sure of who you have made and created us to be. In the name of Jesus, we're not going back. Is that an option? We're not making a U-turn. We're not, we're not going to delay our future destination any longer. We're not going back. I'm not going back to old ways. I'm not going back to who I was pre-COVID. I'm not going back to what I was a month ago. Yes. I'm not going back, but I'm moving forward with yes. you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that every red sea that I come up against, God, you already have a plan of how you're going to part it so I can get over, God. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, come on, send up a praise right there. Send up a praise right there.